Today's episode of The Ziggler Show is brought to you in part by Constant Contact. If you own a small business, you know success is all about relationships. That's why Constant Contact's email marketing makes it easy to connect with new customers and stay in touch with the ones you already have. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontact.com slash podcast. This is The Ziggler Show, folks, episode 451, and we're back with another question and answer session. In this show, we cover questions on establishing new habits, how to take personal retreats and prepare for them, dealing with unmotivated spouses, and is it even possible to pursue one's dreams while having young kids? Great questions, and we're going to nail them. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Miller, your producer and host of The Ziggler Show. These Q&A shows have become now one of our most popular shows. So thank you so much for sharing your questions, your ideas, and your hearts in these submissions. Please continue to do so by going to ask.zigshow.com or you can simply email us at ask at zigshow.com. A quick word to all those who have submitted something. Just uh, please forgive us if we, as we strive to not only read and address the submissions on the show, but to respond to you personally when we can. And all those who inquire about being a guest on the show, we're so honored that you'd want to. We do limited interviews, though, as that is not our primary focus. Uh, so right now, though, let's dive in. I've got Tom Ziegler, and we're going to do some Q&A. All right, Tom. Well, as always, love doing the shows with you. This one's especially fun because you and I got to spend some personal time together as you made it out here to Colorado last week. And it was excellent. And, you know, as we talk so much about this show and about Ziggler and personal development, I want to start off today just with on the personal side. Uh, I mean, you and I are on our on uh, the same journey everybody else is in trying to inspire our true performance. So on that aspect of personal development, what is it that is your primary personal focus right now or what is most acute that you're trying to address right now? Oh, wow. Well, you know, what's kind of cool is uh, I was out there with you and I got to go see a functional medicine doctor named Randy James. Mm-hmm. Who you get to work with. And yes, uh, we I had do. a, yeah. So, uh, as you know, as a listener, if maybe this isn't your, if this is your first time, you don't know, but if you've listened before, I'm an intellectual engineer. And so I, I really get into, you know, not just the symptoms, but the causes and all the things that go on. And this was my first experience with uh, functional medicine. 
And I have to tell you, I was, I was blown away. And I never had a doctor ask me this question. Uh, he asked me after going over in a lot of detail, uh, just kind of the approach. He said, have you ever thought about what biblical health is? And so that's my personal development journey right now is I'm really drilling into biblical health. And, and he made a comment that just really st- struck me. He said, I can't tell you how much water to drink. It was just a metaphor. It was an example. But he said, you know, everybody wants drink eight glasses of water or drink half your weight in ounces or drink whatever amount. But he said, God made every single one of us different. And the way you process and handle water is going to be different than the next person I see. So we got to we got to dig in and figure out what's right for you. And uh, so that's kind of like taking me down a path that I'm really uh, excited about and and really just digging into what biblical health is, uh, because at the end of the day, you know, I believe every single one of us is created for a purpose called to a purpose and we've got to have a vessel that allows us to maximize whatever gifts we have. And so our health is part of that. You know, it's part of the wheel of life. It's the physical spoke of the, of the wheel we cover uh, over and over and over again. It was huge in dad's life. Uh, but I've never had a doctor just point blank say, what do you think biblical health is? So that's my personal quest right now. Awesome. And uh, we'll let that be a little teaser to you folks that we've got something brewing on that front for you. Uh, Well, speaking of functional medicine, which, you know, in layman's terms, it's focused on not just dealing with the symptoms, but getting to the root issues. Uh, Another doc that I'm friends with, he says, we we uh, traditional medicine addresses the smoke. We address the fire. So to share from my own standpoint, I'm doing the same thing in my marriage right now. Uh, my wife and I, 23 years married, and uh, now we uh, we got t- t- 10 little ones under us when you count them all up, and uh, it adds some stress to life. And there are some issues that after 23 years, I feel like we are still not healthy in. We need to go back to the root issues. So we are seeing a, a counselor spending an incredible amount of money uh, but that's it to get it. What I'm not willing to settle. Uh, she's not either. We want uh, to be as fully functioning in our, our marriage, just like any, every other area in our life. I will share this though, Tom. Uh, and I didn't share it while you were here. When I look at the areas of my life that I have taken into account that I have intentionally endeavored to improve, you know, my work life, my faith, my health and wellness, uh, and, uh, where I've, I, I've sought counsel, I've sought wisdom, I've looked at what can I change, what habits, which we're going to talk about here as we go through questions uh, with some, from some folks, what habits am I living out daily? My marriage has been the one that I've been the most lax in, and that's been a recent admission. It's not that I haven't put Herculean efforts into it, maybe more effort overall, but have I really walked out disciplines in my marriage to make it better and, and to grow it? And I'm having to admit, man, I've not, it's, it's, the, it's the one it's easy to take for granted just to you know, go through the days and, and fly along there and not give it the attention. So here we are. Uh, so there you go. There's, there's mine. I'll, I'll report back later. Um, well, hey, a couple things, folks. We are here doing a Q&A show. 
We did another one, I think it's a couple weeks ago, and uh, you guys, I'll tell you what, something's happening. I, I thank you for listening, for forwarding the show on to others. Our downloads of The Ziggler Show have never, ever been higher than they are today, and so is your engagement. So we asked some questions in the show, and you guys just responded. A lot of questions we picked out. Some, some highlight ones that we're going to go through today. Uh, but Tom, I wanted to share this with you. And we got a lot of, you and I, we talked in that show, and that was show, I believe it was 449. And you, it was something you said, and you came upon the, the aspect of forgiveness. And you mentioned, uh, you know, anybody have some, uh, an expert on that. Well, what ensued from that is people just giving recommendations on people they'd like to have on the show overall, whether there were forgiveness experts. So a couple of them, uh, John Miller, QBQ. I think you know that name in that book, don't you? Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, and I, I've met John before and he actually is up in Denver, not too far from me. So I contacted him and, uh, he's sending you and I a book and we were going to get that guy on the show. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, another one that was recommended is Christine Hassler, who I was not real familiar with, but she had been recently on the Joe Rogan show. He's got a huge show and I asked around and got great recommendations for her. And I am also acutely aware. My wife has reminded me that we haven't had a lot of women on the show. So, uh, I have connected with, uh, with her. Um, another one is Emerson. Is it Egrich? I don't even know how you say his last name. He has the book Love and Respect, which interestingly I ordered two weeks ago. I read that book. It's a good book. Okay. This is the second. So I just happened to go order it. It actually ended up back ordered on Amazon or something like that. I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, so somebody else put it out. So I have, uh, I went to connect with him and lo and behold, what came up as I did a quick search was uh, a connection between him and Suzette Munson, Dave Munson's wife. Uh, and they're the owners of Saddleback Leather and friends of ours. As you and I were out here toting our Saddleback Leather bags around, uh, which folks, you can find them, saddlebackleather.com, coolest bags you'll ever see. Uh, but Suzette knows Emerson, and she put me in touch with his son to get him on the show as well. Uh, someone else also recommended Brene Brown, which I want to report that after two years of me hosting the Ziegler Show, is the only person I ever asked to interview that actually turned us down. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Actually, wasn't her. It was her people. Uh, she was too busy. But so I tried. Uh, I can try again. Uh, so we'll we'll get there. Well, hey, the other aspect that or, or something we talked about that came up within it, it was in response to the last question that we answered, Tom. If you remember, was the idea of doing a reality show and coaching a person live on the show. So you and I talked about that and, and Tom, I didn't go through them all, but I mean, there, there are mult, so many people that said, Oh my gosh, yes, please do that. I want to hear somebody go through the Ziegler principles to try, you know, walk this out and get some coaching. I want to be privy to that one. And then of course, a, a, a lot of people who said, pick me, pick me. Um, so uh, I don't know anything. You, you had some thoughts on that, Tom. I know we talked about, you know, doing one maybe on just the personal development side and doing one on the business development side as well. You want to say anything towards that? Cause I think you and I are going to work on that, put that structure together and bring that forth. Yeah. What I would like to do is on the personal development side, uh, have our head coach here on a personal development side. His name is David Wright. Mm -hmm. uh, have me and you and David, uh, kind of walk somebody through a, a coaching process, you know, on the podcast and then maybe check in with them, uh, every four to six weeks 
probably have some between conversations along the way with them, but not just do a one and done. There is no such thing as one and done. Uh, and that way everybody can hear kind of the questions that we ask and the process and the thinking that goes on. And then I want to bring on, uh, for the business one, I want to bring on Howard Partridge and Howard is our, uh, man, he's, he's amazing. He's our exclusive small business coach. We, we've had, uh, hundreds literally of small business owners that we work with, with Howard. He's been doing it for over 20 years. If you got a small business and you're an owner, there's probably not a question that you have that, that, that we haven't heard that Howard hasn't heard. And this, and you had uh, free agent Academy. So you help people birth businesses mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and, and take that. So I think those would be kind of uh, a couple of good things. And, and I think our commitment should be, you know, maybe we do one or two of those shows. Uh, we pick one somehow. I don't know how we're going to do that. We pick one, we do a couple of shows and we, and we see how that goes I do know this, that people are hungry uh, for learning. They want to know how to improve, how to take those steps. And when we do training in our office, it's the strangest thing. We'll do presentation skills training, and everybody gets so deathly afraid before they go up and speak in front of the camera. And then all of a sudden, the camera says, hey, you know what? You're better than you thought you were. And then you watch all the other people in the class go up and do the same thing. You actually learn as much or more from watching other people do some things good and some things not so good and get coached in public that by the end of the day, it's like this dramatic metamorphosis of everybody in the class. So that's why I think uh, doing a couple of coaching sessions like this uh, on the podcast will be a good thing because I think people who are needing it, maybe they're scared to jump into it can learn a lot and maybe help them out of a situation or convince them that there's nothing better to do than to go and, and get a coach on your own. And the other thing, Kevin, is it's a podcast. So if we get a real train wreck, we don't have to air it. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That, that is, that is true. Uh, we don't what, know. I don't think we're going to do a lot of pre-work to make sure uh-huh. we get the, the easy thing done. We're just going to look at them and go, okay, which one makes the most sense? Okay. That one, and we're going to go from there. Okay, wait, on that note, so here's a uh, Skip Macmillan wrote this in. He said, the approach of having someone on who is starting and going through the process, who hasn't made it, would be very helpful. It would allow us to walk them, walk with them through the experience, see what issues arise, how they are coached through it, and how the person actually handles it. Uh, Kevin, you said it. It would be raw, but that is what would make it so helpful and entertaining. Love what you guys are doing. Keep it up. You're helping many of us out here uh, seek after what God has in store. Uh, well, thanks for that, Skip. And, and that was just, I pulled that one out because it was very indicative of so many of the responses that came in. So I really just want to thank everybody too and know that we are listening and we are desiring of your input on how we can make the show better and how we can answer your personal questions and give you the value that you need. And uh, again, you can go to ask.zigshow.com. Uh, or email us at ask at, did I say that right? Ask at zigshow.com or ask.zigshow.com. Go to the website or the email. All right. Well, hey, let's dive in then. Uh, this first one is on one of your favorite topics, one of Ziggler's, but one of yours, man, is, uh, is habit. So it says, hi, Kevin and Tom. Love the podcast and everything Ziggler. I just finished listening to the audiobook The Power of Habit. 
uh, by Charles. I, I don't know if he says last name. Duhig. Duhig, I think. Duhig. Okay. Which I, I have to admit, uh, Randy James, my uh, one of my business partners that you mentioned, gave me that book uh, probably a year ago. It's sitting by my bed table on a stack of other books that I haven't read yet as well. But he gave me a big rundown. Anyways, uh, uh, this is from Alan McNutt. And he says, I found the book very telling in my own struggles to improve myself. I would love to hear what thoughts you and Tom may have on what impact habits have on our lives and any advice you may want to share on replacing a bad habit with a good habit, as I have heard Tom say, this is the fastest way to success. Keep the motivating and inspiration coming. Oh, and he's the one, too. He said, still anxiously waiting for you to have John Miller on the show to discuss personal accountability and QBQ. All right. Well, I heard you, Alan. We're going to make that happen. So, habit. Tom, um, talk to us. Before Tom addresses this question on habit, Valentine's Day is coming. Many of you guys, like myself, have the habit of giving flowers. Well, Pro Flowers is supporting this episode of The Ziggler Show, and they have a fail-proof way to make us all look like pros. On top of their already low prices, right now you can get two dozen assorted roses with free glass vases for $29.99, plus shipping and handling. Or upgrade, and for $9.99 more, you can get two dozen long stem assorted roses with premium vase and chocolate. Just go to proflowers.com and use my code true performance altogether. Again, that code is true performance. You can pick your flowers and check out in two minutes. So listen today, I got a delivery from pro flowers, a dozen multicolored roses and vase. I'll be my wife's hero tonight. And I didn't have to do a thing, but here's a quick story. Our Valentine's tradition is I get my wife a rose for every year we've been married and a different colored rose for the one Valentine's day we had together before we were married. Well, we've been married 23 years plus the other. There you go. Two dozen roses. The cheapest roses I find every year are near 20 bucks and they look cheap. Uh, this offer blew me away, especially after seeing the quality that I received in the mail today of these roses. So two dozen plus the vase delivered when and where I want for $29.99. It's a no-brainer. I'll use this for my daughters too, including the one that's away at college. So the bouquets from Pro Flowers are guaranteed to last seven days of your money back. You can't beat the price and the convenience. They take care of the details. You just sit back and look awesome like I'm going to do. So go again to order and you can forget about it. Two dozen assorted roses with free glass vase for $29.99 plus shipping and handling or upgrade again for $9.99 more and get two dozen long stemmed assorted roses with premium vase and chocolate. So go to proflowers.com now. Use my code TRUEPERFORMANCE. All right. So the, the first thing that I like to think of is that uh, just getting rid of a bad habit leaves a void. And so that's why there's a little bit of science, and a little bit of art to the idea of we've got to take a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. And the, the easy illustration is you've ever known anybody who's quit smoking. They have the habit of, you know, <clears throat> putting the cigarette in their fingers and bringing it to their lips. And of course the bad habit they want to quit is smoking. And so a great way to, to, to change that is to, instead of carrying around cigarettes all the time, is you carry around a bottle of water. And so every time you want that thing to go to your lips, you're just taking a drink of water. Well, wow, you're getting uh, a, a great replacement there. You're putting in 
a good habit in replace of a bad habit. And that really fills the void and it allows you to move forward and, and move towards health. The, the system, the, the strategy is, and I use the word a lot, but it's the termite strategy. And that is, it's the, it's the accumulation of little tiny good habits that over a period of time will have a dramatic impact in your life. So when we look at replacing bad habits with good habits, uh, I'll just give you an idea. So there's there's the bad habit of not planning your day at all. You just wake up and you get going. Now, here's something interesting. So, uh, you know, Kevin, one of my goals for 2017 is uh, studying Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So in Hebrew, this morning I'm reading in Rabbi Lappin's book, Buried Treasure, he's talking about the word dream. And he talked about the snooze button on the alarm that wakes us up in the morning. Did you know that if the alarm goes off and we get right out of bed, we can remember the dreams that we had? Hmm. But if we hit the snooze button four or five times and get out of bed 20, 30, 45 minutes later, when we finally get up, we can't remember the dreams that we had. Interesting. <laughs> Did not know that. Yeah. So there's something about uh, that excitement, that that waking up to the dream and going to make it happen. and And that was just fascinating to me. And so when we are talking about creating that good habit, what I'm thinking about is instead of saying, okay, I'm not going to plan my day at all, a good habit is I'm going to plan my day at the beginning of the day. So we do that. And then we say, you know what? I'm going to do it first thing in the morning. I'm going to pop out of bed and I'm going to work on planning my day. And all of a sudden, now we can remember our dream, what we were, you know, what's in our spirit, what's, what's going on. And then we cast a vision for how the rest of the day is going to go. And so then we get even more detailed. Okay, now how am I going to plan my day? And for those of you who are listening, I've got a very specific process. I do my two chairs. I do my devotional. I study Hebrew. I write down my goals. And then I do the mental model. And so all I've done is I've just layered a whole bunch of little good habits on top of each other that add up to something uh, massive. It's it's hard to explain. So how do we make that happen? Because people, they, they get frustrated. They try it for a while and they give up. And it's being consistent, starting slow, building, adding to it. Uh, if you miss a day, okay, never miss two days in a row. And I like to say tip the dominoes first that are going to have the most leverage. And so that's why I tell people, start with the self-talk card, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the most popular podcast show we ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you start speaking that two minutes, what a great good habit to start. Two minutes in, you know, reading this to yourself and it gets your brain thinking in the right way. And I tell people this, you look at your goals and you look at your day first thing in the morning and last thing before you go to bed. Because there's nothing better than going to bed and dreaming about your dreams and there's nothing better than waking up, remembering your dreams, and planning your day accordingly. Yes, 
Uh, man, I appreciate that. Hey, here's a, a tip for those people who struggle with the snooze uh, on the watch. I got a new watch. I thought I'd upgrade. Got myself a nice, nicer watch. Kind of fancy, you know. I really like it. Cannot figure out how to make the snooze work. And that's, my, that's what I use to wake myself up in the morning. So when it goes off, I either get up or I'm going to fall back asleep and miss the day. Uh, so there you go. Get something without a snooze or you can't figure out. Uh, with the self-talk cards. Uh, Folks, always available, Ziggler.com slash self-talk. With something on that with habit, this was something that actually came from my wife, and it was around food. And we did some leading of some groups in, uh, in dietary health, wellness, nutrition. And her idea was, you know what, right now, uh, to begin with, and this is just a tactic, folk. Again, we're always looking for, if you're looking for the black and white, what is the best way to make you do this? We can't tell you that. You figure out what works for you. So we're coming up with different ideas. And for her, she likes to just just add a habit. Uh, and, And with this, with food, she said, just add water. Add that. And then add in fruit and then add in this. And, and at some point by proxy, you're pushing some of the other stuff out because at that point you're just not full. I mean, you're so full. You don't have room for the Cheetos. And I like that. Again, finding what works uh, for you in Tom yours. And I think you said this one time you, you talked about uh, if you get up during the in the morning and you take the time to write at that goals, uh, your goals for the day, it may not you may just take up time and now you don't have time to flip through, skim the news, which will probably have no bearing on the rest of your day anyways. And just from a time aspect, it pushes it out. So I've seen people have some good, uh, some good um, results with that. I had a personal assistant years ago, God bless her, because she struggled with my reticence to structure myself. She knew I did not like that word structure. I did not like confinement at all. I like to be spontaneous. Uh, but they were trying to get me to produce my blogs and my podcasts on time. And, and so she said, okay, Kevin, how about routines? Can you handle that word? Okay, it's not so bad. She said, do you have routines? She said, do you ever forget to brush your teeth? Okay, no, I don't. Do you ever forget your coffee in the morning? Absolutely not. She said, well, is that part of your routine? Do you ever forget to, to exercise during this? I said, no. Uh, is that part of your routine? Yes. Well, can you just create a routine that on a certain day of the week, that's when you do the podcast. That's when you do the blog. Okay. Uh, you know, just making those daily deposits. And, uh, you know, again, folks, the, 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 we all are dysfunctional to some degree. It's not the idea of how do you get yourself to be perfect? How do you figure out how to manage your dysfunction so that you can produce. So this one, uh, gosh, Alan, thank you. I mean, habits, habits, habits. I mean, we are the summation of what we do every day. One of my favorite uh, writers ever, Frederick Beekner, and he said, if you want to uh, figure out where you're going to go, just watch where your feet take you. Uh, and that's what happens with our days. Well, hey, next question here from Ken. I think the last name is Seen. Just thanks for everything you do in the Ziegler show and helping me in my personal development. I truly, truly appreciate the growth I've experienced both directly and indirectly because of your show. For the next open question show uh, that Kevin and Tom have, I would like to hear how important it is to have your own personal retreat for personal development. I'm considering my own personal retreat but want to learn from your experience as to how to prepare so that I may gain the most out of this experience. Uh, Tom, I wanted to say something on that. There's a guy that I've talked about for a long time having on the show. 
and I haven't gotten him here. I haven't made the effort yet. Gary Barkalo is a friend of mine, actually, and he wrote the book, It's Your Call. It's about finding your calling. Always was a, an inspiration and an example to me. He did consistent personal retreats, and he also did pretty much daily journaling. Now, some of you guys don't like to write, and I understand that, but a, a daily journaling can be just writing out a few things, a few thoughts, a few goals, uh, a few inspirations, whatever it may be. And that's then, that was the fuel for his personal treat, retreat. He would literally take a camper, go to one of the national parks, and he's actually a Colorado guy here, so he'd do it up, up around me here. And uh, he'd go up there where he's not interrupted. He's totally offline, no cell phone, no internet, no nothing. And it was time for him with God, but it was a time also to go through his journal and review what he was inspired by and to dwell on that and to dig into that. So he had, so he just showed up there with his journal and he had that fodder, that uh, those ingredients to go through. He was prepared already just from what he did every day. That one has always spoken to me because I'm a guy that I journal just about every day to some degree. So that right there is just, again, that's going to fit some of you. Some of you it's not, but uh, taking that time away and having a daily journal prepared is one idea. Tom, what are some thoughts you've got on a personal retreat and how to prepare? You know, driving up in the mountains, Kevin, you were talking about that research study where they uh, took the people in New York City and they walked half of them. They did a control group. Uh, if I get this wrong, you just jump in and fix it. Uh, but they were measuring IQs. So they get a, they get a control, they get a big group of people, they measure their IQs, they divide them in half to where it's equal. Half the group walks through Central Park where it's nature and trees and squirrels. The other pa- uh, half walk through the middle of the city, pollution, noise, buildings, all that stuff. Then they came back and took a test. Well, the people who walk through Central Park their IQs went up. They scored higher. They did better on the test. So then they said, well, maybe it was the pollution, the noise, the distraction. So then they had the people who, uh, who were the nature people. They had them look at pictures of nature in an office, just clicking through pictures and photographs of trees and wilderness. And then the other side, they just had them click through and watch, uh, buildings and cars and traffic and things that go on a city. And once again, the people who saw nature, their test scores went up. And I think everybody's a little different. It's probably going to be more profound for some people than other people. But the idea of a personal retreat, all it's really doing is you're really saying, you know what? I need to connect with my soul. I need to get my soul in a place where it's quiet, where I can hear what's really going on. And then let that come out. And so I'm a believer in it. And a personal retreat can be in your office every day, totally quiet, like mine is at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. And then if you have the luxury or the privilege or the ability to carve out some, uh, you know, a few hours to go to the nature park or a trail or somewhere on a bench, man, that's even better. And then if you have a, even a more luxury to go to a weekend or an evening somewhere, that's more power to you. So you got to know what feeds your soul. Absolutely. And by by the way, uh, if it feeds your soul, guess who put that there in the first place? God did. Right. So there's no need to feel guilty or, or why am I doing this? I should be doing that. No, he put it there for a reason. So you can hear, 
Yeah. Awesome. Hey, I'll, I'll reference that. The, the, the uh, study that you reference is in the book, Natural Born Heroes, which you and I are both reading right now by Scott. Now, what's his name? I don't know. It's Natural Born. It's Chris, uh, Christopher McDougall. Christopher McDougall. And the study, it's in there. I don't remember where it is in there, but the study that he references is literally called The Cognitive Benefits of Interacting with Nature. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty uh, feels like one of those irrefutable things. A couple other things on that, Ken, just on taking a personal retreat. My wife started this, got on this topic years ago, and she called it Mommy Sabbatical. And she really she spoke to moms. She spoke to mops groups around the state uh, about their need to get away, to refill them so they can better fill their family, Mommy Sabbatical. But from what you could actually go see that she now she's put it on pause right now as she pursues her doctorate and some other things. Uh, but mommy sabbatical.com. And from that, though, she helped instigate something that she and I both do as especially as parents where we take sabbaticals. Matter of fact, this weekend and the next weekend, some of our good are going to be away and we're going to take advantage of that separately and we'll go take, it could be a day and a night, could be three days and three nights where we will get away from our family. One of us will take care of the family. The other one gets away and gets a sabbatical, a time to, and this is important too, to renew, not just to, to, to relief. I think a lot of us are used to at the end of the day, come home, kick your shoes off, sit back and, and do whatever you do. Or even the weekends where we seek relief it's different than renewal. And so, Kim, when you say a personal retreat, I'm thinking this is a time to renewal. On that, show 414 that we did with Steve Smith. He runs Potter's Inn, which is actually up here in Colorado. My good friend Scott Little just came out. He's a listener, uh, a Ziggler listener. And uh, after from hearing uh, Steve on that show, came out to Potter's Inn. They do soul care retreats. So there are places you can do that if you want something structured and not do something on your own. You can find them at pottersin.com. Um, so, but big deal, man. Thank you, Ken. Great. That's not only a great question, but that's just a great reality. We all have a, in our culture today, we're not good with Sabbath, with taking time away. All right. This is Stephen Baldridge. He says, I'm addicted to your podcast. Thank you. Uh, in show 447, at about the 1430 mark, Zig mentions Jefferson Research Institute data that in 1770s, 90% of education was in ethical issues and values. I'd like to cite that article and research. Any idea where he found it? I got on their site, but it seems like a needle in a haystack. Uh, Tom, I have absolutely no idea. Do you? Well, I uh, got that question from you earlier, Kevin. So I texted that to Lori Majors. Lori, this is, will be this is her fortieth year here at Ziegler. That's amazing. So when you talk about all of Dad's books, she edited them, she proofread them, she helped fact check them, she sourced the files. So I sent Lori off that information and said, "Hey, where did he get that?" And here's what she said: uh, Unfortunately, it might still be a needle in a haystack, but he he uh, Dad was a big uh, reader of periodicals. So this is before internet. So dad would get these periodicals from the Jefferson Institute and the Heritage Foundation. So we're pretty certain it's out of one of those studies. When those books were published, I know that it was vetted. Uh, There's also something that dad talks a lot about in his material called the New England Primer or Primer. And it was how children 
in you know 1750 and 1790 how they were learning the alphabet and every letter in the alphabet had a character quality and usually a scripture that went along with it and so the way that we raised our kids back then was very biblically based they were taught english around the principles and values and character qualities and scripture that really create the backbone of society so uh, that's where that comes from. Uh, you, you know, you're, you might go back into the seventies or the eighties if you really want to dig deep into that, if it's not listed on one of those websites, I wish we could, uh, point to it right now, but unfortunately that source was hard copy source all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a link to, uh, the current, like where you would find it on the internet. Got so. it. All right. Well, uh, this one here's a question. As I spoke earlier about my own marriage, this is a this is a relational question, and I included it here in the show. One, we'll try to do some justice to it, but I also felt like I want to include this because I think a lot of people will just relate to this, and it may give you some comfort that you're not the only one. It was really the first thing that this uh, counselor that my wife and I are seeing said. He said, I want you guys to know, and it wasn't to minimize what we're dealing with at all, but he said, I want you to know that every day people come in here, and it's Adam and Eve all over again. Uh, whatever you're going through, I've, I've seen it. Other people are dealing with it. And in that, be comforted that you're not crazy. Uh, you're not, uh, you're, you're not strange. Uh, you are just like Adam and Eve and there are principles that we can put into place to help you. So with that in mind, so Maureen writes, she says, my husband has always hated all goal setting and he sets none. I've always been the opposite and it's created much friction. I've learned to let a lot go, including my aspirations, by following his lead. And we're, we're Christians, she put in parentheses. But I still desire to help more and influence more. I know this comes about by having goals and being our best. How do I encourage him? And Tom, I knew you would have the exact black and white answer to solve this for everyone. So I'll put it, I'll put it to you first. <laughs> yeah, what you do is you call Kevin. Yeah, uh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, why? You know, you know, whatever answer you give, it could be like dropping a hand grenade off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is I, I kind of go at it from from a couple of different areas. Uh, first off, there's a fundamental thing that I believe, and if you could find a way to introduce this concept with maybe you're not the one introducing it and have a discussion around, that would be awesome. But here's the concept: uh, I learned this from my brother-in-law and sister, my brother-in-law, Jim Norman, said this quote. They asked him, they said, hey, Julie's traveling all the time. That's my sister. Uh, Jim passed away uh, not too long ago, by the way. But uh, Julie was traveling, speaking. Her career was taking off. And Jim, because of his health and his age, was, was not traveling, not able to travel, wasn't practical for him to travel. And so that relationship kind of flipped, right? You know, he was the breadwinner. He was doing most of the the things and 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 now she is doing that and so she's gone and so one of the people in one of the classes we had they asked Jim this question how do you uh how do you get comfortable with your wife and your relationship changing so much right because she's out there you know pursuing something and it's clear based on the results and her personal growth that God's behind it but how do you as the husband how do you support that And 
you can read this uh, in the book Growing Up Ziegler by Julie Norman. You know, they they had a tough marriage. They had rocky times. They went to counseling. They were separated. And they both spoke about this. So this is, you know, transparency uh, in their own life. But but Jim said that when he finally figured this one thing out, everything else kind of took care of itself. And here it is. When he figured out that his responsibility as the husband was to create the environment that would allow his wife to be all that God created her to be. Once he figured that out, everything else took care of itself. So what, and it's a two way street. So husbands, your responsibility is to create the environment that will allow your wife to become all that God created her to become. And wives, your responsibility is to create the environment that will allow your husband to become all that God created him to become. And what that does is when you get two people with that goal, then it doesn't matter if you have different dreams and goals because we're all different, right? Uh, You know, my wife uh, camping for her is five-star hotel. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with a sleeping bag and a pup tent by the, (laughs) You know, by a trout stream, yeah. uh, as long as I got mosquito repellent, I'm good, right? So we have two different things of what, what our ideal trip is. Uh, but as long as I'm helping her achieve hers and she's helping me achieve mine, and we come to the middle in the relational area and things that really matter, then we're doing what we need to be doing. So, I, of course, I'm in this industry and I believe so strongly that goals Uh, And here's a biblical uh, truth that um, growth in in Hebrew, once again, I'm studying Hebrew, the word for happiness and the word for growth in Hebrew are the same thing, very, very the same root word. So what God's telling us is that our happiness depends on our growth. If we're growing, we're happy. And so what I look at is goals are the supercharges of growth. So I believe in goals, not because I think goals are great things. (laughs) They are, but it's the end result that they produce growth. And so, you know, maybe that instead of talking about goals, we need to talk about growth. And maybe that's an easier conversation to have because out of growth comes happiness. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that, uh, Tom. You told me that, mentioned that when you were out here a few days ago about marriage, about creating the environment for your spouse to thrive and to more into what you're asking. You know, that is, I mean, you're in a hard place and, and I, I feel for you in that. And, you know, to what degree you can encourage his interest and ask how you can help support him in whatever way that will be meaningful to him. And that may be different than what you think is best, but for right now to put your own methods and and ideals of how it should happen aside and uh, just try to be there to encourage him. I would also, and, and, and I am a, I am a big fan of getting help. Uh, look to say when you're not on the same page, it is often good to say if, if, if you can get some help, whether it's a pastor, a counselor, a mentor, Anyone gets you guys both uh, somewhere where you can get some help, get some perspective. 
Well, so here's a, here's another question. Now that there's so there's a marriage focused one. This is a parenting one. But again, our our listeners out there, uh, a big majority of you are parents. You're in these boats. Again, I think it's a question or an issue that you will resonate with, and it's very valid. So it's uh, she says, I'm a newish mom who's pregnant again. I have many dreams obtaining a master's in counseling and or being a nursing home administrator, but I refuse to choose a career over my family. And it seems like so many jobs demand that. How do I pursue my dreams while juggling a family? Uh, I almost stopped there, but I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to go ahead and read these other details she puts in. It's hard enough, she says, to get through each day uh, as we both work full time from home, but, uh, we have to care for our daughter from home. By the end of the day, we are exhausted. We aren't sleeping great at night due to the little one as well. I guess the question with this also boils down to, is it possible to pursue dreams while having a little one? Our family's not close by. We have limited support network. Um, do I wait until our child's older to accomplish more, uh, but just do planning now? And I hope this all makes sense. It's been another night of not a lot of sleep. Uh, God bless. Uh, so that, man, those are issues. Those are real-world issues. And when you say that question, and Tom, this is what I thought when she asked that question, is it possible to pursue our dreams while having a little one? I think we could take out a little one and probably fit uh, a, an incredible list of issues in there that everybody's dealing with. Is it possible to pursue dreams while putting kids through college? Is it possible to pursue dreams while I have a sick spouse, while I have sick parents, while I am struggling at work, while I'm uh, trying to keep my business afloat? Yeah, yeah, we, we all have things that is so difficult to get in the way of pursuing our dreams. So one, a couple of things I wanted to say in there. I mean, Maureen, I, I think there are seasons, you know, there are seasons where we need to look and be realistic with the realities and say, you know, this is not a season for this. We need to put, uh, we need to wait. Uh, I'm, I'm, um, that concerns me also though, because I see people take that and, and then 10 years later, nothing's happened because there's always something that can get in the way. Uh, but, uh, to your sleep issue, I also like to look at circumstances and look at the reality. What you're talking about there, we're exhausted at the end of the day. That is something that is going back to, Tom, what we started off talking about at the beginning of functional medicine and our personal wellness and in getting the best out of our body from which all the fruit that we're pursuing is coming from our physical body. You're talking something here that is a, it's an epidemic, being asleep a lack of sleep for whatever reasons, people working too long, watching TV too late, whatever it may be, you're talking about a little one that is disrupting your sleep. So uh, we have a bunch of children. Now we had seven by birth. So we went through seven infants. Uh, It's not my favorite thing to do in the world. And sleep, losing it, not my favorite thing. Sleep is so important to that kid. It's so important to you too, maybe more so to you. We were very structured and we looked for, uh, because of some help that we got, and it was a controversial book at the time, I think. It's called Baby Wise. So as far as resources, I love to give resources. It is one on scheduling your child. I have seven kids, different genders. Let's see, what do we have? Four boys, three girls, different personalities, styles, different times of life. And yet, as far as in regards to sleep, we scheduled them, structured them. We saw the biggest gift to them. We saw our friends dying from lack of sleep. Kids who were whiny and fussy and sick because they weren't getting sleep. Uh, it was a gift to us. And getting sleep 
enables you, you know, when you're sleep, this is something I found out recently. When you are tired, when you are not getting enough sleep, the first thing to go, one of the first things they've, they've done studies is your creativity. And here you are trying to figure out decisions and, and pursue your dreams and, and you've lost your creative capacities. That's a big deal. Uh, your critical thinking skills are next in line, I think. And uh, that's a big deal. Sure you're talking about something right now that is something that you can address. And anytime there's a circumstantial thing that we can address, it's, it, it's a big deal. But to the overall statement here, Tom, I think what she's talking about, this is, a, this is an issue that gets in the way of a lot of people's dreams, just the realities, circumstances of life. Yeah, man, I, I love dad's story about, you know, he was traveling and when they took off, they were flying from Dallas to Atlanta and the side winds on the plane were incredible. I don't know, Kevin, if you've ever flown where as soon as you get airborne, it's like the planes push sideways because the crosswinds are so severe. And of course, about a minute into the flight, they were at about 5,000 feet. The The pilot comes on and he says, Hey guys, we got some, uh, I'm, I'm sorry for that takeoff. It was rough. The side wind was horrendous. And, uh, I've also got some more bad news. We were blown so far off course that we've got to turn around and, uh, land and start over. Wow. Wow. That's, <laughs> of course, that's harsh. Yeah. Of course that didn't happen. What did he do? He, he changed, like he did a course correction. And so this is what I believe. In most cases, our dream or our goal, we don't just huh. change our decision to go there. We're still going to Atlanta. But man, like you said, Kevin, it's a season. And so maybe what we've got to do is say, hey, the way we're going to get there is a little different. You know, we're going to incorporate some structure to get the right amount of sleep. I'm going to get some help over here uh, so I can carve out three hours a week where it's just my think time and, and what I want to do. And then you got to do all this uh, based on a priority structure. You know, what's best for the child? And, and one of the things that, especially in today's culture, uh, the, number, the number one best thing for a child, without a doubt, is two parents who put each other first. <laughs> they model and they walk out that, hey, the number one relationship in this house is mom and dad with each other. When the kids see that, that creates security, that creates um, trust that 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 creates a a wholeness and a wellness, and then the parents have that extra capacity to do what they need to do as parents, and they 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 parent on one accord. You know, they they say common things, and and we're all in it together because when the kids see that, wow, it's it's a it's a powerful thing. Something else that's coming, Kevin, is uh, Mark Tim, who's got our Ziegler family. He's the CEO of Ziegler Family. Our Ziegler family program is coming out uh, in the next month or two. If you are not uh, part of Ziegler family, just go to ZieglerFamily.com and get on that list. There's going to be resources there that will help with this type of a question. We're, we're creating a community for families. And Mark says this. He says families today are messy. You know, it's it's. You know, when you have a couple of kids, they if and they play sports and they got school activities and we got two jobs and we got the internet and we got all these things going on, it's just messy to be a parent these days. But messy when you when you put some organization, some structure, some principles and values around it. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? It's okay to be messy. 
you know, when I, when I was at your house, uh, I was, it was, it was kind of fun because I get up early and so does the rest of your family, Kevin, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I noticed that. And, uh, so I was doing my quiet time, uh, at seven in the morning or six thirty, and I had four kids sitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That happens there. <laughs> and it was, it was awesome. And so the point is, is that I could have said, oh, this is terrible. Uh, you know, I'm not doing my quiet time. Or I could have said, man, look at the glory in this situation. When is this ever? I mean, I, I have to go to Colorado to get that. My baby's 22 mm-hmm. in college. Mm-hmm. And so we just started looking at uh, the bats that I saw in Papua New Guinea that have four-foot wingspans. And mm-hmm. you want to keep a, a couple of kids' attention. You just show them dinosaurs and bats Absolutely. and you're good to go. But that's that's what we did, and so I would check out uh, Ziegler Family, and we're uh, we haven't announced this yet, so our podcast listeners will be the first ones to hear this. But we're going to be doing a seven day family challenge that you're going to want to be a part of, and we're going to have one expert a day for seven days, and we've already got uh, Dave Ramsey's going to do the financial expert. Uh, uh, Gary Chapman is going to do something on relationships. I mean, we've got Michael Hyatt's going to do something. I mean, we've got some big uh, experts in what it means to uh, have the right kind of family in each of these areas. Brian Buffini, who's been on the mm-hmm. podcast, he's going to be one of them. So that's just a little tidbit. But I would go there for for resources and just keep asking the question and, and make sure, like Kevin said, get some sleep and carve out some time figure out how you're going to get it. So it is seasonal. Uh, we might have to shift our priorities and take the long route to get to Atlanta, but, but we don't change the fact that we're going to Atlanta. Yeah. Hey, I, I want to, uh, some of what you were talking about, I got a show idea, Tom, uh, because as we're talking through this and, and I think so often maybe there's a bit of a myth that to be a top performer, to have success, you have to all become the same type of person so that uh, if we take every person that we've, interviewed here on the Ziegler show and line them up that they're all the same type of person. And of course that's ludicrous. They are not. They have dysfunctions. They have harsh circumstances. They have weaknesses, but they have figured out some way to produce anyway. And they didn't become perfect. They learned how to manage their imperfections. And I think it would be really interesting, Tom, whether we had people on or whether we just did a survey of a lot of those people you just talked about and said, hey, tell us some of the goofy things that you do to manage your weirdness. Because I've heard of some goofy things that some of the folks, they would never, re- they would never, they would never expect that so-and-so does that. But some goofy things to manage their dysfunction and weirdness where so many people who don't, who are lower performers, allow those dysfunctions to handicap them, thinking they have to become perfect before they can do something and I don't think that's the case. So I may, I may work on that. We'll see what weirdness we can get from our uh, esteemed uh, guests on the show here and compile something. Tom, brother. Hey, folks, thank you again. Thanks for the questions. Again, you can submit your questions, your ideas, your feedback uh, by going to the website ask.zigshow.com or simply email us ask at zigshow.com. Tom, it's a gift. Thanks for being here with us. All right, folks, thanks for uh, tuning in and letting us inspire our true performance together. 